one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here at Skates to Throats. My name is Keegan Costello, and it looks like the show is mine to run tonight. So, I will apologize in advance. To my right, I have the always beautiful Dakota LaShock. How you doing, Dakota? How's it going, buddy? Yeah, we're, uh, well, I'd say we're all pretty, we're, we're all a bit fucked up here today. So, we got the Daytona 500 going on. Uh, lots of fun and stuff so it's gonna be a fun episode right on right on to my left the man who talks just a little too much we got mr christopher Patton. <laughs> talk a little too much you talk a little too less what the hell are you t- what the hell are we going on about what is this for those of you <laughs> don't a personal know. attack oh absolutely <laughs> for those of you who don't know mr Patton here has decided that uh he wanted to play me in NHL, and he lost. Don't let and don't let him tell you otherwise. A loss is a loss, but he cannot and let that, it go. And L is an L, but you've been hiding. This this man has been in hiding ever since. He's scared. Of me. He's scared of these hands. He's scared of these hands. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Speaking of scares, uh, let's go over and talk about uh, a little scary situation we had this week. As you guys all know, we had a player. Go ahead and, uh, you know, pass out. He had a cardiac episode right there, right there on the bench. Uh, Mr. Jay Baumeister, uh, Meester, sorry. You know, he just, he collapsed mid-game, you know, first period. And he was taken out on the stretcher. Uh, he ended up having to go do surgery. So what do you guys, what do you guys know about that? Well, I mean, anytime that happens, it's, it's fucking terrifying. I'm glad he's okay. Uh, I think the last time it happened, it might have been a player got hit with a puck and then, like, fell down a couple minutes afterwards. I mean, fuck, these guys are under a lot of stress. So, I mean, it, it's, it happens. But uh, glad they were able to respond as fast as they did. So that was pretty pretty good. Yeah, the the last time I remember it happening was Chris Pronger. I think yeah. in like 90, yeah. he, he got, he caught a puck up high, just blocking a puck and it, it set his heart into arrhythmia. So it just basically went off beat um, and he fell down. He came back four days later, which is, insane if that happened today there's no way you're coming back four minutes and that is why chris bronger is in the hall of fame and he's the head of player safety (laughs) yes probably probably one of the reasons he's the head of player safety um no it was a very scary moment i thought it was uh, a great job by the nhl the staff everyone involved on getting there i think they said 30 seconds right so they were there within 30 seconds performing cbr making sure this guy was all right, getting him to the hospital very quickly. Um, and I also, because you didn't have to do this, uh, there's that weird rule in the NHL where if something like this happens or there's a power outage or there's some reason why you can't play hockey, the teams basically have to agree on putting the game forward or dismissing the game. And, and technically, with the rules... It should start back at the same score in the same time. Um, that's one of those weird NHL rules. And I think they've talked about it on SB Nation before as far as a weird one of those. They have that like sports are weird um, YouTube thing that they do. And and one of them was like Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, I, I believe it was at, uh, Calgary and Edmonton. There was a plot like the power just went out and they, they had to start the game back over. But basically, they started at the same time. 
So I'm curious if they do that or if they just replay the game or if they it doesn't matter because it's Anaheim and there's no possible way they're going to make the playoffs. They just both give them a point. Um, that's going to be curious to see what they do with that. But I thought it was very good on the league. I heard that he had some successful procedures done, which is good. Uh, very stressful for a team that's definitely going to be a Stanley Cup contender, in my opinion. I, I feel like they've really stepped up their game the past two months. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Keegan? I mean, it. you know, like Dakota said, it is. It's It's always a scary time. You, you hate to see a player go down. You know, no matter what the sport, you, you hate to see a player get injured, even if you hate the guy. And trust me, there are plenty of people I hate. Um, it, most recently, just looking at, you know, the Tuka Rask situation, when I saw him get hit, you know, maybe it was the goalie in me. But even I was like, wow, that that, you know, you hate to see it. And with a situation like this being as serious as it is, I mean, they had to bring out a defibrillator and, and revive him. He flatlined. Um, so it could have been it could have been a very tragic day but you know that was the crisis averted on that one great job and all the staff and the medical there definitely uh a terrible thing hopefully you know we see him on the ice it probably won't be four days but hopefully he's back up soon i i think the other thing that stands out is that he actually went in to have uh if if i'm recalling properly he went in to have his heart checked and and had basically had kind of a general checkout beforehand so I'm kind of curious on what comes out with player safety at that because he he did kind of have a checkup before that game, um, but yeah, like you said, great overall job by the staff, good job on his teammates because they were immediately knew something was wrong, um, and, and got like I said, got got the staff there in time. So that that's great. I'm glad that he's doing okay, and hopefully we see a return around the playoffs. I think that would be a big uh, comeback moment. Uh, that's going to be a very hard thing to do, but you know, depending on how things go, maybe maybe we we'll see him uh, towards the end of the playoffs because I feel like St. Louis is a great team that's going to push right back up there, if not into the finals, right near the finals, especially with uh, the West in general kind of always being up in the air. Um, they don't really have the dominant team like. I, why I was going to say the East, but just mostly the Metropolitan Division. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, you know, we wish, we, we hope for a, a speedy and quick return, but we all know that sometimes that doesn't happen, as Bo- Bruce Boudreaux recently learned with the Minnesota Wild canning him and replacing him with the assistant, Dean Evison. You know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, they weren't terrible. Uh, they definitely could have played better, but he's not coming back. And uh, uh, what do you guys? What are your thoughts on that one? What about that move? It's just another in a long line of weird, almost questionable firings. Like I don't know if a team's just not doing as good at the point in the season that we're at now. Do general managers just be like, all right, fuck it, let's fire him and try it with a different coach, see if we can't make one more push. Uh, so I don't know if that's what's going on here because, I mean, they're not too far out of the playoff playoff contention. They're sitting at 61 points, and Arizona has 66. So they're not too terribly far out of it. Um, not like, uh, not like say, San Jose or Anaheim or L.A. would be. Uh, they are still very much in the mix, and even Chicago is still kind of in the mix in that area. 
so just weird. Like, uh, like it harkens back to the uh, Gerard Gallant firing. It's like, why would you fire a guy when he's doing okay? You know, they're not terrible. So, I don't know. Questionable at best, but whatever works for them, I guess. Yeah, I think the weirdest part was there were only, at, at the time of, of uh, you had the Zucker trade, then you had the firing slightly thereafter. Uh, at the time, they were only like two points or four points back, which is is not insurmountable odds. But now they start trading players and they fire their coach. It, it leads it, it leads me to believe that the GM has given up on the season. Um, so we might see more trades coming. I, I think that's more of what this vibe is giving me, which which a little like sucks because. While they're not the most talented team, they, they have fucking great goaltending. Crazy is obviously there. Uh, I thought Zucker was having a really good season. He'll continue to have... Probably, he's probably even going to have a better season now that he's on the Penguins, to be honest. Um, but they, they weren't so far out of reach that I felt like there was a coach firing needed. And uh, to me, that just kind of shouts out that they're going to be making moves at the trade deadline and picking up pieces. And If we get into that trade a little later... Um, I thought they, like, as far as a general manager standpoint, they got a lot of value for Zucker. Oh, yeah, big time. And while we're on the topic of coaches, I just want to bring up, I saw this uh, video on Reddit. I don't know who San Jose's current head coach is. Um, (laughs) There was a video of him using one of his players as an armrest, like just fully elbow on this guy's head, and this player just, like, accepted it until it was time to get off the air. For him to get on the ice, that was just a very funny video. Well, I mean, what are you gonna say? You say, "Hey, coach, you can't put your arm on me." <laughs> yeah, I he mean, just had it like now. directly on his head. It was funny. That that one's another weird one for me as well because they know that that team wasn't that good and they're kind of aged out and they fired Pete DeBoer and they have an interim coach. Uh, that that's also a weird situation. But yeah, you can't do anything about your coach treating you like a little boy i guess unless you're you know if you're but i mean imagine if you're fucking malkin though and he does that that it becomes yeah. more of a problem i guess um i'm assuming that it was not uh our our lord and savior jumbo joe no he probably no, no. had some shit to say about someone no. putting their arm on his head for for a rest <laughs> no i i honestly couldn't tell you who it is right off the bat well, while we're talking about the bench, let's head back over to Toronto. Uh, you guys see that uh, Riley could be coming back, you know, but uh, looks like Johnson's going to be stepping out at least eight weeks to get his knee uh, worked on there. That's going to sting. That is, uh, that's definitely going to sting them, and that's a team that can't really afford to be stung right now. So it'll be good for uh, Morgan Riley to come back, though. He's a solid defenseman, and I've said it on this podcast before. I, uh, he's a good kid, so I hope he comes back. Yeah, Riley coming back will be strong for them if they can even stay in contention for the playoffs. My worry is you lose Tyler Johnson, you lose a scoring threat, you lose that amount of speed. Um, it's uh, Toronto is just such a weird team. They get some great goaltending, their backups terrible um <laughs> they, they they've obviously tried to correct that with the trade we talked about last week but um man that's a team i could easily see slide out of the playoffs and not make it at all 
which is crazy when you think about the numbers that Matthews and uh, 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 Dreisaitl have been putting up. Alrighty, alrighty. Now we'll talk on that. That's great. For those of you folks that play uh, <laughs> yeah, fantasy, uh, I want to let you guys know February twenty fourth, with that you know that fantasy trade deadline coming up. You know now now we've seen the players. You know we've, we 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 could see who's on the wire uh, the waiver wire. You know we could see who we can pick up, who we can't. I mean, I personally, I don't even touch fantasy. Because I know I'm one of those guys that if I get into it, I'm going to get way too into it. I'm going to lose my house. I just, I don't touch it. What about you guys? Yeah, same. I'm, uh, I tried fantasy football once, didn't like it, and haven't tried any fantasy sports since. I, so I like fantasy sports and I, I enjoy the play. I think the biggest names here would be like someone like a Kovalchuk, obviously Zucker moving. Those are the ones that you'd be highlighting. Actually, actually, what I thought I sent you in the notes <laughs> was just talking about the overall uh, trade deadline and possibilities that may happen. Maybe I hit the wrong link on this one, but uh, if so, my bad, guys. But if you're no, 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 fantasy, there's a chance. I just wanted to bring it up, you know. Uh, okay, so fantasy, uh, fantasy-wise, like fantasy players should be looking at someone like Taylor Hall. Um, he may be getting moved. Zucker, obviously, going to the Penguins and playing with Malkin and uh, Crosby as the leading goal ten, uh, goal scorer. Uh, or a point score, I should say, for Minnesota. That's someone you should definitely pick up if you don't have him, or if if people don't have him in the league, he's going to show out for sure. Um, and uh, I don't, I, outside of that, I'm trying to think of uh, the guy from Ottawa. I can't think of his name. Uh, Pajot. If you can pick up Pajot in a trade or something, he's going to get moved probably to a better playoff team, and uh, that will be good for your uh, fantasy. So that's the fantasy update. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right. Now let's, uh, let's take it over to something that's pretty near and dear to my heart here. Um, being, being a veteran, I love to see stuff like this. Being just a, a hockey fan in general, I love to see stuff like this. Uh, the owners of the Kings and the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, both work significantly with their, with their communities, um, going through vet ticks, uh, you know, Air Force Academy, stuff like that to distribute out tickets for the, uh, the stadium series game, uh, which was played Saturday. Um, or yeah. Anyway, sorry. Where was I? Um, <laughs> I, I love to see that. I love to see these, you know, these, these groups getting together and, you know, making sure that people that want to see the game or might not ever have the chance to see a game can have access and the availability to go enjoy the sport that we all love and just get out there and really just enjoy themselves in a live atmosphere. Um, that it warms my heart to see stuff like this. What about you guys? Yeah, it's just for sure. A great move by them. Uh, always appreciate when stuff like that happens. It's like, uh, you were, you were over in Korea around the same time I was, we had people come out to like the, the PX and stuff on occasion and do signings and stuff. And it'd be all types of people. I mean, you, you get some stars, you'd get, uh, uh, just, sports figures anything really i think the side dude from duck dynasty came to the px once and and go but uh i mean i heard about it so i mean it's definitely a cool move on their part 
I think it's I think it's fucking fantastic that you look at the Colorado community and as many bases that are there. Um, they made this move with the five thousand tickets. I think it's great where they're holding the game itself at. Um, just a good look in general for hockey, uh, especially when you look around sports. A lot of times you don't see this kind of stuff, it, it, but when you do, it always stands out. It's it's a really great thing. And uh, Avalanche, I, I feel like they've deserved a stadium series game for a long period of time, especially because of their dominance in the 90s. I mean, obviously, we got the Rangers uh, and the Devils a few years ago. It seems like you would even got the Avalanche before then. So um, good on them. I love the building of the community. Uh, and a correction from earlier, I said Dreisaitl, I meant Mitch Marner, so Edmonton slash Toronto fans, get at me on Twitter, you can, you can bury me later. But uh, yeah, no, as far as this topic goes, I, I think it's a great move, and I love the Kings are involved. And I think that's going to be a really, really cool game. It should be pretty good. I mean, I know the Kings aren't a great team, but uh, at least we get to watch Kel McCarr skate outside and uh, continue his quest to winning the Calder. I still love the jerseys, too. I don't care what anybody says. Those are actually dope as fuck. Especially those Colorado ones. They look a lot better in movement. So now that I've seen them actually outside in the stadium and stuff, I don't hate them as bad as I initially did. Because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I buried them on Facebook chat. When you guys sent them. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I like From them, afar. and I like the Kings ones, too. <laughs> yeah, From I afar, mean... they look much better. I wish the All-Star jerseys would have looked more like that. You know, I absolutely, I, I actually, I love the Colorado jersey. It has a lot of throwback, you know, feel to it. Um, when you look at it, the, it's got the mountains in the A. So it's like, wow, okay, like they, they took a lot of time and attention to really, to really make these kind of small details that I really appreciate. And I mean, I just, I, I love a different jersey, which is uh, actually our next topic. So perfect timing on that one. Great job, Dakota. Way to bring that up. Um, the the AHL. I mean, this is this is my bread and butter here. The AHL. I don't know how much you guys watch AHL, the ECHL, those minor league teams, but they do a lot of different jerseys for different events and stuff like that. I mean, at one point, uh, you know, two months ago, the Rapid City Rush had a Paw Patrol themed Nickelodeon jersey to celebrate God, their mascot's birthday. That. Oh, so what have I? But when I saw him going for like seven hundred dollars, I was like, well, no, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> uh, most recently, the Providence Bruins wore a Back to the Future themed jersey, and I know I, I sent this to you guys because I was so impressed with this, the way they did it. You know, they had their Providence Bruins logo, but it's all Back to the Future, Back to the Future themed. They teamed up with the Rhode Island Comic Con, so not only did they have the Back to the Future jerseys, but you had a lot of people in cosplay there. You know, you had. Elsa, you know, all those uh, stormtroopers were running around the stadium. And I mean, the jerseys alone, they're, they're beautiful. That, that nice blue with the orange and the, and the fadeaway to look like that, that logo. Yeah, those are dope as shit, dude. <laughs> uh, that, that was beautiful. And, uh, you know, that's Boston's minor league affiliate. And you, you look around the league and uh, hockey, uh, Hockey is for everyone. I know you guys have seen that push, making hockey more inclusive. Uh, the Hartford Wolfpack donned a specialty jersey that uh, in comp- or had the, the rainbow flag built into it. And, you know, I, I love the AHL and how they do this because they can make some really great jerseys. You know, not to knock the NHL for 
the stuff that they do, but they can really get intricate with the designs and everything. Kind of fucking the NHL. They should be fucking doing this shit too. Yeah, I I agree with knocking the NHL. They give us basic fucking bullshit alternate color jerseys, and you could do cool colorways and stuff. I mean, the NBA does it, so... I'd buy Uh, this fucking Hartford Wolfpack jersey. That shit's dope as hell. I I really love the Providence jersey. I think it's great. It kind of has shades of the old school... you, uh, was it Colorado? The original, the the original Devils, so to speak, before they moved <laughs> to New Jersey. It has that same color fill to it. I think it looks awesome. Um, and obviously, I'm not a huge Providence fan, um, but that's that's really cool. As far as watching the HL and stuff, I really only pay attention to the Devils in the HL because that's where uh, you know our prospects play. But uh, it, they do cool shit like this too. I, I wish the NHL would take a page out of the hl's book and i know some of this is just getting fans involved and how and being able to sell that merch to promote these smaller teams that need to make a profit etc but the nhl should really just do weird shit um unless you're dallas like don't ever do anything weird again because those uniforms at the winter (laughs) classic were terrible but for everyone else try to do weird stuff i think i think the only thing i could say is like when it comes to the nhl you got to look at what's going to be able to easily be mass produced because people are going to want to buy it. So, well, you know, the hockey, um, the hockey fights, cancer jerseys, uh, could they have been better? Sure. But were they good enough? Absolutely. The, the salute to service. I don't care who you are. That was lazy. Those were not good at all. Um, and I understand like they got to look at, all right, what can we put out quickly? So they want to go simple and clean these other teams. The AHL guys, they can work with other other groups and really bring them in and be like, all right, well, we only need 18 jerseys. Boom, done. Done, you know? So I think that's kind of one of the reasons that the NHL kind of shafts us on cool specialty jerseys. I mean, every night can't be Whaler's night. So Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of that goes into the sponsorship, right? Like, you're sponsored by Adidas. It's going to have their shit all, like, their logo all over it. That's right. that's more of what it really comes down to. But if you look at, like, individual organizations, um, for instance, San Jose, they did that t-shirt jersey, the one that I sent you, it was, like, very 80s um, with bright, it almost looked like you got it at the beach, like Panama City Beach or whatever. It was, like, airbrushed with a crazy-looking shark on it. Um, I think more teams could do stuff like that, even if they don't wear them in games. Like, giving us alternate things that look cool as a hockey fan, I'm in for. And as an organization, you should be looking at that trying to market your team outside of it. It has to be sponsored by Reebok, because your normal stuff, uh, like your t-shirts, etc., they don't necessarily have to have like Reebok or Adidas attached to it. Uh, the jerseys, I think, become more of a problem, because now it's like Adidas has to approve it, and... Uh, Whereas in the minor league, it's kind of up in the air as far as, like, I think, jersey sponsorships. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, different teams can have different jersey uh, different jersey makers or different leagues of the different makers. You know, it, it all really depends. And a lot, of, a lot of the smaller, I won't say smaller, but, you know, the... Yeah, I will say it. Screw it. A lot of the smaller jersey companies are going to be like, yeah, yeah, let's team up. Let's, yeah, we can put our logo on this. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, they do have a lot more leeway when it comes to stuff like that. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, obviously, if you start getting into Nike, Reebok, Adidas, uh, they want a one classic look so they can easily produce them, sell them for an astronomical amount of money because there's no way a fucking jersey costs that much to make. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of silly in a way because I feel like the more... Like, I, I have no problem with alternate jerseys. I know other people kind of like the traditional, which is funny because I think the Devils have kind of stuck to that classic look the entire time, much as uh, much as the Flyers. They kind of just stick with that logo, that jersey. Detroit Red Wings is another one. But, like, I would like a cool colorway jersey. Like, I don't see how that's a big deal. Yeah, it could be done. And I'm, I'm sure the first couple times are going to look absolutely garbage. Like, I can imagine the Flyers trying to do it, but making, like, the logo really big and kind of diagonally across the jersey, I could see them doing some shit like that. Um, yeah, I don't or know. Just using do. black, or, or just using black nameplates, which look terrible. You guys totally stop fucking doing that, please. Oh, yeah. shut up. That is such a good look. I don't care who you are. Matter of fact, who are you? Who Who, who are you? God. Joke's on you. I'm not even real. <laughs> it's, I'm a traditionalist. Putting a black nameplate on, on it looks like you're covering up another name for a jersey. It looks like you're at a fucking yard sale. You buy a jersey, you take it to the pro shop. You're like, hey, you think you can fix this and put a different, different I name like the black nameplate, and I like the orange nameplate even more. Have, have you been to Philly? That that might be what happened. That that might be why that whole thing started. Yeah, you've seen our mascot, man. It's gritty. Yeah, gritty you stole just, his jerseys. Yeah, you don't think gritty just abducts people off the freaking bridge and steals their jersey? <laughs> it's very true. Now, I will say we didn't have this in the notes, but the gritty Valentine's Day video to sound oh. silence on Twitter is <laughs> pretty great. He's sitting there. He's all sad. He's ripping math. He's like ripping stuffed animals in half and doing the she loves me, she loves me not with roses. And then at the end of the video, his phone like bings and he swipes right and just dips. It's <laughs> <Which is laughs> like so pretty's on Tinder. <laughs> Heads up if you guys are looking for some mascot furry love. Gritty's out there me. on Tinder apparently. <laughs> it's me. I guess I guess I have to go to Philly then. I need I need that match. <laughs> oh, hope, you, hope you don't have any children because he's going to yeah. punch him in the back of the head. <laughs> that was cleared. <laughs> All right. So anyway, back to what we were talking about here. Uh, back in the AHL, the Rochester Americans, which are the Buffalo Sabres AHL affiliate, just got a new player, Zach Bogosian, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He just got, uh, he was unclaimed after waivers on Friday, and he got sent down. Um, five points, about 19 games. So, I mean, yeah, he's coming off a hip injury. Uh, what do you guys think he's going to do down there in the, uh, the final year with the Buffalo Sabres? I think it's time to go out gracefully. Just finish off in the AHL and call it a day. Hang the skates up. Um, so torn because he's a he's a thrasher, right? So it's we'll hard torn on this one. Yeah. It's it's hard. We the only person we have that may win a cup would be Kolchuk if he gets traded to one of these playoff contention teams. I don't think anyone else is uh, ever gonna get there for our poor poor team. Um, unfortunately enough, I think Buffalo but, got uh, there. Buffalo got there with the Blackhawks. 
Did he? Yeah. Was he on that team? Maybe yeah, he was maybe when they beat the Flyers, yep. Okay. Well, all right. So outside of Big Buff, who's uh, fishing right now or whatever yeah. the hell he's doing, he has a, on a knee farm injury. But <laughs> <laughs> um, outside of him, man, like the Thrashers haven't really had a bunch of players that succeeded. That team did a terrible job of drafting. I love Zach Bogosian. I loved when he played for Winnipeg. Uh, I thought he was pretty good in Buffalo, but he's obviously declined the past two, three years, so I'm not surprised. And, and you know, like, even if you're a fan of a player, you have to look around and see, like, like Dion Phaneuf, for instance, was a monster at one point in time, um, but he's not in the league right now. So that's it's just one of those crazy things that happens. Age catches everyone, I guess, and uh, especially if you're a defenseman, you're popping people every uh, every chance you get. So, uh, so what happens? I I mean, cool. he's still playing playing hockey, so I will still be a Zach Bogosian fan. All right, I can dig that, gentlemen. I can dig that. So let's bring it down to uh, we're going to move over to Chicago, land of terrible pizza, where Zach oh, Smith. Shit, dude, you're going to get your ass kicked. I'm ready for it. Meet me, meet me on the. Sixth, I got your baby. back, dude. That's not that's not fucking pizza. That's lasagna with crust underneath it, motherfuckers. Pizza. <laughs> is and I would like to way. again apologize to the great people of Chicago. We love you. We love your city. Uh, do not we, your pizza, though. Do we? <laughs> oh, no, thing, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love great. lasagna. Lasagna's oh. great. <laughs> okay, Garfield, calm it down. No, no, no. I absolutely love the city of Chicago. It's a great city. Their pizza is still a problem. But, you know, hey, not everyone can be in an original raise on 36th Street, all right? I mean, I don't care where you're from. That's not fucking pizza. It's lasagna. It's lasagna <laughs> with a pie crust underneath it. Get the shit out of here. That's not pizza. You can't just put pizza crust under lasagna and call it pizza. It's not pizza. Well, you know what would be great to cut that lasagna? Is this a segue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a skate blade, baby. Zach Smith's going to be out for the next seven to ten days. With a left hand injury after he received a cut by a skate. Skates to hands, man. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> Almost. So close. I feel like this entire week is close, but no cigar, honestly. We're so close. So close to having a photo. <laughs> For the Blackhawks, I think this is a huge deal. Um just losing another player and they're right there. They could, they could make a run. Cause you know, Patrick King can turn the jets on at any point in time, but man, just any injury for that team is just bad news. Especially as, is like I said earlier that with the West being so up in the air and like the separations, like under 10 points for the entire division. Um, yeah, just, just unfortunate for them. I might see the I could see the Blackhawks making a trade or something at the deadline for sure. All right. Uh, you know, speaking of being close, let's talk about one of our favorite, favorite fighters here on this show. Apparently, Mr. Zach Cassian. Uh, oh, yes. One of you guys want to take this? I will because uh, I'm just going to go off at Cassian versus everybody. 
just needs to become a, just a, a real thing. <laughs> so it's it's like Marner watch, but Cassian versus everybody. I, <laughs> I love it. Um, so Cassian obviously got popped by Kachuk twice in what a lot of people would consider dirty hits around the back of the net. He had his head down. It's one of those things where in the '90s, probably not that big of a deal. But he stood the he stood Kachuk up. He fought him. And Kachuk turtle. turtled. He turtled like, a, like a motherfucker. He turtled way harder than Claude Lemieux, by the way. <laughs> like, he ultra turtled. He he became a squirtle, essentially. Um, <laughs> all that aside, uh, now the league has eyes on Cassian. He's already been suspended once. So anyways, he, he lays a hit. He gets knocked down. A uh, guy grabs his leg, starts pulling at it, right? And... Uh, as he said on Twitter, and, and how I feel about seeing it, is he was just trying to kick the guy off of him to get his leg free, but it's Cassian. So the league looked at it. They gave him a seven-game suspension. Sucks. I think it's super stupid. I think that you could give him a three-game or even a one-game, honestly. Uh, I, I don't think the intent was there to hurt anyone. It, it was more just seemed like a natural reaction because if you're telling him Zach Cassian's out here throwing drop kicks with skates on or something, then I would be like, oh man, I want to watch that. But after watching uh, the actual video itself, it's like, I don't think there was any intent there. Yeah, I don't agree with it at all. Again, he was just trying to kick the dude off of him. It wasn't even trying to. Yeah, like you were saying, it's kind of just a reflex. He was just kind of. That's what you do with your foot when someone grabs a hold of it. Um, I don't know. League's making a bunch of dumb fucking decisions this year, so I guess it's just another one. I mean, it definitely, like I said earlier, that was absolutely, without a doubt, such a schoolyard kick. Like, his skate was stuck on him, and he kicked him off. Like, what is he going to do? Let him drag him around by the skate? You know? They probably would. I mean, exactly. I you mean... Know, this, <laughs> If he was Kachuk, he would have. If he was Kachuk, he would have like tucked into his shell and just got drunk around all over the ice. <laughs> gotta get them. Gotta get them power plays for your team, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. Sorry, I got lost there for a second. All righty. So. Let's talk about this, the, the mental rest for days off when it comes to goalies. Now, I can totally 100% say absolutely, because that is a very, very stressful position to be in. You know, to sit there and not for nothing, the game is on you. You know, you're only as good as the, you know, you could be as good as you want. If you don't have somebody in front of you helping you, if you don't have the team in front of you, you're going to let some pass. And who's going to get the brunt of every single goal? goal. Right. Exactly. You know, it. they're going to be the ones that everyone's going to look at and be like, dude, come on, you let these in. It's like, yeah, well, we also were five on three, and they were up on the blue line. But it doesn't matter. You should have stopped it. Come on now. So, Don't give me that. So when they're not starting, you know, they need to look at that, and, you know, they got to be like, all right, I need to get in the game, even though I'm not, you know, especially like, even if it's a number one goalie, if he's like, all right, I need some time off, 
you know, he, he's got to, you got to look on your mental, you got to, you got to take some days off and really work on yourself, you know, self-care, not to sound like some holistic life coach or something selling you crystals, but you really got to look after your head. I mean, can you guys agree with me on that? Of course. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the most important things. And I mean, speaking personally for my team this year, our schedule has been fucking dog shit to the point where players have brought together and gone to the front office saying, hey, can we get a better fucking schedule next year? I mean, it's just it it affects play. Yeah, we'll stop letting Gritty get involved in scheduling and everything will be a little better. If we could get the fucking clipboard from him, we would. (laughs) You go ahead and try it. All all jokes aside, uh, I agree with you 100%, man. Like, you look at at great goaltenders, right? And the thing that has – there's a little bit of commonality. They – They've played on some bad teams, and they've played on some good teams. And when you play on a bad team, bad defensively, the goalie, much like coaches in the NFL or quarterbacks in the NFL, they take a lot of shit that they don't necessarily deserve. Uh, For instance, with Corey Snyder from, let's say, 2014 to 2016, he basically blew his hip out playing as good as he did for the Devils. So now he's relegated to the AHL. He was a great goaltender coming in. I thought he played really, really well. It, it's one of those things. So the mental health of when you have the fans just burying you and you obviously know it's like we're out of position, we're not playing well because you see the whole ice in front of you. Uh, I feel like that mental rest is very important, much like a closer, like a, a pitcher from the, uh, the MLB, right? Like if you're a good closer, you may have 10 attaboys, but one fuck up makes fans forget about that shit. So I feel like that would be very, very important as far as a goalie. And the main reason I even put this on the list was to actually talk to you about it, Keegan, because I'm sure you've had games where it's like, well, no one's defending. So I guess everything's going in the back of the net or you get pulled or something. Um, but I don't blame that shit on goalies a lot of times. I mean, obviously, if if you let a weak one in, that sucks. That's something you can shit on the goalie about. But specifically with my team, the team I followed the most, the Devils, um, at least over the past, uh, let's say, 2010-2020, it's hardly ever that. It's more something broke down ahead of time. The goalie got shit on. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I know when you when you put this on, a lot of it was also, um, you know, even your pregames never change. You're, you're still under that same practice workload, whether you're starting or not. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I can I can speak from experience. I've, I've, I've had plenty. You know, it is what it is. There's been games where, you know, 10 go in and it's like, all right, well, eh, can I make a save today? Uh, what's going on? And, you know, you, that's that's your first thought process is like, what can I do to change this? And then as you sit there and you watch and you watch and you see that next puck coming down, you're like, wait a minute. Why is that D-man up there? Why why is he not? Why is he not, you know, looking at that pass slot? Why is he not there? And, you know, you, you start to see high numbers of goals go in. Like a lot of these blowouts, I can't put on the goalies. You know what? That there's there's no way in hell that a goalie should you know, let in seven and be like, damn, that was all me. Absolutely not. And I, I hate to sound cliche and say it's a team sport, but your your goal, you can have the greatest goalie in the world, 
if you don't have the team in front of you to back you up to, you got got to work together. You know, if you have a crap team with a great goalie, hi, welcome to a crap goalie, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, if you look around the league to (laughs) some of what's considered the greatest goaltenders of all time, like Patrick Law, uh, Martin Brodeur, Henrik Lundqvist, there's one thing in common is those teams were good. They weren't bad. Like uh, Flurry, for instance, he ha- he's had good teams. It's surprising what he was able to do in Vegas off the expansion. But before then, he had really good teams. Having good teams, same thing with Lundqvist, having a good defense and, and knowing that is a big part. But if you, like, like I said, when you're looking at uh, Flurry, for instance, there was a lot of Pittsburgh fans ready to like hang him from the rafters at certain at some point it's not the goaltender mental breaks are very important i think it's the same thing it's like i said with pitching in the mlb if you have one bad game it's uh man fans are ruthless against that shit unless they really care about the skill of hockey and and watching the overall play and i don't necessarily think that everyone's brains clicks that way you know it's kind of it's just one of those weird things but uh yeah i think mental rest is very important i thought this was a great article by the nhl uh nhl.com by the way you can check that article out but uh yeah uh, i don't know do you guys have a, do you have any follow up thoughts dakota uh no no i i completely agree with everything you guys are saying um super important i mean you see him players like like carter hart for example the kid's a stud goalie there are games where he just he lets in goals. It happens, you know. You gotta have defense as much as you gotta have offense. All right, sorry about that. My microphone was muted because I was eating a Werther's original, and I didn't want to interrupt you, gentlemen. What are you like eighty-six? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking steal your grandma's candy jar, dude. You Listen. monster. My grandma, God, God rest her soul. She had no Werther's originals at her house. She was not your average grandmother. However, she did have a purse full of those little strawberry hard candies. Where do they even come from? I don't think they're sold in stores. I think you just accumulate them when you hit a certain age. Well, I think what happens is when you sign up for the AARP, like they give you monthly supplies to hand out to children. Yep. You have to like, check a box and pick which candy you want it's like where there's peppermints or those hard strawberry candies or from then on out they send them to you (laughs) you you can get little bite-sized heath bars that only you will enjoy (laughs) because nobody else likes heath bars i can't wait to look at yager's fucking fan mail now (laughs) all of those miniatures love you yogs but i had to make the joke us, man. Well, you know, with uh, I, wow, did we really not even bring up the fact that it's Hockey Night in America already? Hockey Night in America. It's also the Daytona 500, well, man. So well, it's one pretty... of the fucking games, and in... <laughs> one of the fucking games involved the Red Wings, so it's hard to get yeah. excited about. <laughs> well, you know, I'm excited because uh, uh, the Rangers are currently playing the Bruins. However. McAvoy has scored an unassisted goal on Georgiev, and uh, so that brings the Bruins to one nothing. And uh, speaking of the Bruins, let's talk about that defenseman. A two-year contract for $850,000 per season. On average, that's 
good on him. Wow. Hey, man, that's uh, that's easy money right there, man. That team is stacked. Uh, I mean, it's a great deal for a third-line defenseman. I, I feel like that's actually undervalued. I, I think that he could <laughs> easily make more, but uh, chase that Stanley Cup, you know what I mean? Um, we're talking about Lawson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two years, one point seven million dollars, eight hundred fifty, uh, eight hundred fifty thousand a year. I wish I made this much a year. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> 20, 22 year old defenseman plus two rating in seven games of the Bruins since making the season debut. If you're gonna play with a team and you have to learn underneath someone, can you imagine being this young and the guy you get to learn under? underneath is old ass chara and how grumpy he is now <laughs> let's let's be honest this is a great person to learn underneath and uh boston's always been a good defensive team so good for him man i'm i'm glad players are out here making money and not getting paid in pizza franchises like we talked about last week here's your fucking little caesars you prick Oh, man. Fuck you, Gordy Hal. Alright, well, Caesar while we're on this subject, I was talking to Chris before we started recording, so I was just, I was going through the Wikipedia page of the 2017 to 2018 NHL season, and I saw where uh, Chicago had to call Scott Foster an accountant to play emergency backup goalie, uh, because both of their goalies went down, and the only thing he was rewarded with was his game-worn jersey. <laughs> no other payment whatsoever. It's like thanks for the thanks for your services, chump. <laughs> Get out of here. This was a, Vancouver was a lot like that too because they got rid of Snyder and they traded uh, Luongo to Florida, and I think they had like a similar situation where it's like, well, if our goalie goes down, I guess we're just gonna call in the boys or whatever. And the Calling Devils had this earlier. From the stands. <laughs> yeah, so the Devils had this earlier this season, which I think we talked about on the show, where it's like uh, Snyder got hurt, they sent him down, they traded for Louis Domingue, Blackwood was a net, but Domingue wasn't actively in Jersey, so in theory, if Blackwood got hurt, you just strap the pats on Broder and send him out there, I guess? I, and you know Broder would dominate, too. <laughs> They want to give no Which would have been great. And, I mean, and kind of like what we were talking about beforehand is like if Broder went out there and somehow blocked 20 shots and the Devils won, Devils fans the next day, would, <laughs> I can shit on my team like this. <laughs> Devils fans the next day is like, see, Broder's greatest of all time. Why is he not our starting goaltender? He's like, he's been retired for three years. Shit. <clears throat> I mean, would you guys, would you say no to your game-worn jersey as an emergency goalie in the NHL. But I also want a fucking food voucher or something. At least let me get a hot dog afterwards. <laughs> Can I get a beer, too? Do you, yeah, you fuck, guys have fuck. beer coupons? Throw in a couple beers. Fuck, we're good. Dakota's got the, the fucking Phil Kessel contract written out already. As some exactly. Emergency I only, He's like, this I includes only accept beer. payment and nachos <laughs> and hot dogs and pretzels and beer. <laughs> Can you just imagine? <laughs> Do not pay me in money. I will throw it at you. During the second intermission, Phil Castle's up there with the fans at the freaking concourse. He's like, yeah, can I get two hot dogs, uh, nacho, and uh, let, let me get a super pretzel. <laughs> hey, is this a Taco Bell? Can I get a nacho bel grande? <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to be back down there. 
There's lucky there's not hockey in Atlanta still because they started putting in these fucking Waffle Houses in all the stadiums. God, Phil Phil Kessel would leave. He would never play a game. He would purposely go out there and trip and then like, oh, he's not coming back for this game. Then they cut to him like an hour later. He's just chilling in the Waffle House. Yeah, I I used to feel bad about banging on Kessel because he is a good player, but he has had a very terrible season. And when you look at that plus minus, maybe we should uh maybe we should stop talking about him and he'll get better. Yes, I think our publicity is causing him to be bad. (laughs) It's like a what was it It was like a minus thirty eight or some shit on a good team. Like Arizona is not a bad team. How are you a minus thirty eight? Yeah, it's not a good season for our boy here. Uh, so maybe we'll uh, we'll dial back our praise of him in hopes that it causes him to be better again. I mean, hopefully he's just playing bad to get traded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. He wants to be back closer towards Waffle House. He knows where his priorities are. He's like, there's yeah, he's no like, good fucking restaurants out here. Fuck, send like, me back. They don't have any fucking diners in Arizona. No. You get back up in the east. <laughs> Send me. Can you imagine he's like at least in to Toronto Philly? they had. <laughs> he's like at least if they in Toronto they had poutine. <laughs> Jesus. This place doesn't even have a golden corral. This is bullshit. Oh my God, dude! Imagine if he goes to Nashville. <laughs> oh. <laughs> dude, all the hot chicken. He's gonna be eating hot chicken on the bench if he goes <laughs> he's to Nashville. Himself on the ice though. He's like, oh, it's too spicy. <laughs> so what you're Did telling he, me yeah. is this is a buffet of country food? <laughs> and it's called home country Dude. buffet? <laughs> I don't I don't care if the player shits himself. He scores 65 goals by being happy on eating Nashville fried chicken. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, it sucks to hear, you know, Kessel's having that bad season. Uh, but it looks like the Oilers are going to have a few uh, a few bad weeks this season coming up. Uh, McDavid, with his quad injury, going to be out two to three weeks. You know, the general manager says that it doesn't look like it's going to be a long-term thing. But they want McDavid to go ahead and get a little rest. Now, I mean, you're losing you're losing your star there. So how do you think the Oilers are going to are going to really be affected by this? You still have the German precision machine, so I mean, he's just going to turn it on even more. Uh, they're fucked beyond belief. I feel like they lose like seven out of the next ten games without McDavid. He's such an integral part of that team, whether it's winning faceoffs or his speed. And their defense is not very good. Their goaltending is not very good, in my opinion. And without him, they're not pushing the fucking play as well as they should be. So uh, I feel like they're fucked and probably out of the playoffs based on the century. I could be wrong just because that division is so weird, but like if he was in the Metro and this happened, they would be buried at the bottom of the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm definitely excited to see uh Granlin come up from Bakersfield. I definitely think this is uh this is really a, a moment to, let him shine. Uh, he's definitely a good player, has the skill, but I, I really think they're just looking at him as a replacement because as soon as McDavid's better, they're just going to say, all right, thanks, Mark. See you later. Here, take your game-worn jersey, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed your Oilers jersey. Loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> you see him start fucking bullying him as he's leaving. I wanted you to go back to the they NHL. Don't... 
They're not giving him his game worn jersey. They're selling that for chur- a, a charity and giving him like a Chinese made fake. <laughs> it's a DH Gretzky game. jersey. Even it's have just the- a Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> and the logo no is all fucked up. <laughs> oh man. It's like, hey, at least it's blue and orange, I guess. <laughs> you got that right. Oh man. All right. Well, speaking of uh speaking of call-ups and all that, you know, Igor Shestakin made his debut back in January 7th with the New York Rangers. And since then, he has been a dominant force on the ice. To the point where Coach David Quinn is talking about him earning that number one goaltender spot, you know, with his play with uh, Georgiev and Lundqvist. Uh, You guys know how I feel about this guy, and I think we all feel the same. But I don't know about you guys. I am so stoked to see him be really that main guy now. And, I mean, I got to buy a Shesty jersey. But what do you guys have to say about this? I just want to say I think it's such a great thing that what he's doing for people named Igor across the world. Uh, <laughs> you know, usually they're usually they're rugged to uh, you know like bell like people who hang out and watch towers and bell towers. The hunchbacks are usually named Igor. I know uh, Frankenstein's assistant. He was an Igor. Uh, didn't work out too well for him. So I just I, I think it's so great what he's doing for the Igor community. If all of a sudden Lundqvist starts playing well, now I'm going to think he's a fucking android like Igor rebuilt him. <laughs> Igor, Igor, Igor has the ability. <laughs> no, I mean, like, look, if I was a Rangers fan with Shesterkin, I would get <laughs> his number and it'd just say Hadouken on the back of the jersey. I think he's great, man. He's an aggressive goalie. I like seeing it. Uh, we'll see if the league figures it out. He's not as good as he's not as good as Mackenzie Blackwood, but he's pretty good. <laughs> Your goalie has a girl name. Yeah, well, he's a .949 last six games. So he still whatever. has a girl's name. Can't That's the only chirp. That's the only chirp I yeah. have for him. <laughs> not not any not everyone can have a cool name like Hadouken. Or Carter. Carter Hart. That just sounds like a really, like, just a low-level, like, mob boss in Chicago. Like, <laughs> we'll take it on over to Carter Hart. <laughs> Carter Hart doesn't even sound like a mob boss. He sounds like the guy that goes and buys the baggies or something. <laughs> he's, he's the he's delivery cool boy. To get his, he doesn't actually have a, he doesn't have a mob name. He's just Carter Hart. Uh, it's Carter. Carter Hart, get over here. I need you to run this newspaper over. I think the Rangers easily have the best goaltending if you're looking prospect in backup and starting oh, wise right now. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, if you guys want to ship one of those uh, one of those goalies over to the Devils for a bag of pucks, we'll do that deal all day. You can have Huska. So, <laughs> nice bag of pucks. Never been used, never scored. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't even seen the inside of a net. Uh, All righty. So let's bring it up to Buffalo while we're on the topic of New York. Let's go a little up north there, talk about the Sabres. So uh, do you think that they missed Victor? I would say so. 
definitely it definitely helps having him back uh considering he scored twice and uh definitely <laughs> definitely a much needed uh change back for uh buffalo because that's a team that can be good uh they just need to be healthy I think they can be good, but the biggest problem with Buffalo right now is uh, they're out of it. I don't, I don't see them clawing back. Definitely a hard hit. Glad to see him back. At the beginning of the year, I was like, this dude is going to run off with the Calder, but obviously his body failed him. It's good to see him back. Um, I could see Buffalo hate selling a bunch of players here before the trade deadline, honestly. All right. <clears throat> well, you know, I like that you brought up that, you know, you, you could see him going for a Calder. Um, maybe, sure. But while we're on the topic of trophies and whatnot, let's go over to Tampa Bay. Andre Vasilevsky. Do you think that uh, you should be looking at a Vizina? I don't, I don't know. They they started so late, and I hate that they've crept their way back up to being where they were last season. Um, I don't think they're winning the President's Cup trophy, though. Uh, I think that's firmly going to go to Washington. Um, I think he could be a contender for a Vesna. As for the winner, I don't think so. Uh Fuck, I can't even legitimately say Tuka Rest just because all the overtime losses that Boston's had. Uh, I wouldn't say Brayden Holpe either because both the times the Flyers met them, they've they've managed to outmove out, out Brayden Holpe. I just don't know if I've seen a goaltender that good this season that who plays that uh, clutch. I, I'm going to go opposite. And th- I think he's a fucking shoe-in for that award. I think he's, what, he's won his last 20 starts. Wasn't that going? Yeah, uh, his uh, last uh, the last game was a uh, 21. Knocked it up to 21 games. All right. Well, fuck. Maybe he'll win it after all. Then. I mean, granted, he has Victor Hedman, so that goes a long way. But he's he also on Stamkos. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's like having a a, a halfly deflated tire most of the time. Um. <laughs> Fuck Stamkos. Uh, <laughs> Vasilevsky, though, I think he's a great goaltender. He's doing good shit for that team. Um, they're kind of surprising to me because I honestly didn't think they were going to be that good this year, but I knew he was a great goaltender. And if they make the playoffs and continue to play the way they're playing right now and he continues to go on the streak that he's been on of just being completely unbeatable, I don't know what, I, I, I don't know that I can put anyone ahead of him right now looking around the goaltenders in the league outside of it's just one of those things where wins are more important than just outstanding performances because the only other person I can think of is like Elvis and Columbus McKenzie Blackwood for the Devils but they're not going to get there because they don't have those kind of uh, win numbers like it's more important to win than just have outstanding performances in my opinion I don't know man if you ain't first or last I will say though um, he is the uh, the sixth goaltender in NHL history to have at least one point in 21 consecutive appearances. Well, good got that him. assist. 
He's got that assist game up, like Martin Brodeur is what you're saying. They, yeah. they, shouldn't, let him, they shouldn't let him behind the net. <laughs> He's good on that breakout <laughs> pass. Got to create a got to create a whole new zone for him that people can't come around their net for. It's impressive. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's go back into contract talks here. Uh, <laughs> Winnipeg has decided to uh, extend the uh, remaining Jets coach uh, to keep him to keep him on the team. Uh, it's Winnipeg. I'm very, very indifferent about this one. As am I. I hate Winnipeg. Fuck Winnipeg. Especially without Dustin Bufflin there. Fuck Winnipeg. I hate them. Fake-ass thrashers. <laughs> so, I don't... I'm from Atlanta and do not have the hard amount of hate. I feel like it's not Winnipeg's fault. Um, he's done a great job with a team that's was... It, what we talked about with Bufflin being out, I thought they were going to be kind of near the bottom, but he's rallied that team. They're right there. Um, yeah. I mean, why not extend him? It's not his fault. He doesn't necessarily have the players needed to uh, make a huge run. And uh, it seems like the team likes him. So yeah, I, I like this. I mean, it's way better than a lot of like Gallant getting fired from it. It's like, the fuck was that? That was just some baby back bullshit is what that was. <laughs> yeah, like, or I mean, like, like Hines getting fired from the Devils, for instance. It's not, it's not a coaching problem at some point. It doesn't matter who they bring in. It's, uh, you're, you're rebuilding. Uh, or, or DeBoer getting fired from San Jose. It's just, The firing of coaches sometimes is a bit ridiculous. It, it really is. And in my opinion, I get it. You're trying to change the culture mindset, prove that like no one is untradeable or unfireable and spark that in your team. But uh, so seeing something like this from Winnipeg uh, makes me respect them as an organization to some standpoint. No, no, I have no respect for them. I'm just kidding. I have some level of respect for them, but I just don't. I miss the Thrashers. That's what I miss. <laughs> well, we'll stop being sad. You know, you can watch Kovalchuk. He's he's still out there kicking around. In it's not the same. <laughs> Can't bounce around three different teams. Hey man, Evander Kane's still in this league, just getting his ass kicked and having to hear Baby Shark afterwards. Yeah. Well, he brings it on himself. Well, speaking of bringing it on yourself, uh, I think Chara definitely kind of screwed himself over being the monstrosity that he is. Not my fault. Um, he's taller than the damn glass. I mean, hey, you know, it is what it is, but it's, you know, he's got to he's got to watch himself. Uh, he was recently fined five thousand dollars for cross checking Gallagher. Um, it, it is what it is. I mean, the players on the Habs, they just they're not they're not tall. <laughs> and sure enough, Gallagher is not one of the tall ones. And Chara went in for a cross-check. Sure, that was... I get it. You shouldn't be cross-checking in hockey. But Chara's got history with the Canadians, though, in cross-checking. True. All right, yeah. It just... I, I feel kind of bad for the guy because... He doesn't, he, he doesn't recognize... He's a big dumb oaf. He doesn't recognize how tall he is. Uh, Chara, I'm joking, by the way. Don't, uh, you know, find me. But, He's going to find you in a bathroom stall, and you're going to be in there, and he can just look over the stall door at you. You're talking shit. 
his old ass his old ass is gonna look at you and be like rumpus time is over <laughs> time is just gotten he rips the door off the hinges <laughs> ah. <laughs> motherfuckers the same size as andre the giant what the hell how is he good at skating it makes no sense Oh man, I mean, you know, it. I, we all watched it. It, yeah. Did it look bad? Sure, but looking at Chara and be like, all right, well, that's like normal height for him. So I can be like, all right, so it's not that bad. But where it landed because of the other player's height, that's what made it the as bad as it was. Yeah, that's just a case. Yeah, of exactly. Where you're going and not realizing that you're fucking ten feet tall. It was just an emotional play, whatever. I mean, like, Char has never been known as a dirty player. He's been in the league since fucking 1997. Never been labeled with that. So it's it's just weird that there was such a, a fucking big uproar of this. Like, he did that shit on purpose. Oh, man, he's just giant. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if McDavid did it, one, he would have to aim upwards. But <laughs> two, if he... Not, 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 not McDavid, uh, sorry, fucking... Marshan did it. I was gonna say McDavid would never do that. <laughs> one, if Marshan did it, one, he would have to aim upwards, and two, it would be expected because he's a shitbag player. <laughs> Char is not really known as a like a fucking goon or a, a agitator. Somebody's just like, who hit me in the dick? They look down. Yeah, fucker. <laughs> why don't you come down here and fuck I mean, me? <laughs> there's a reason why they call him the rat. He's like, oh. oh. It's me, Brad Marshawn, skating around the ring. Dude, Marshawn could score 100, 100 goals in one year, and I would still think he's fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he presents himself. It's He's used to sleuth foot people. Like, there's a lot of things to dislike about him as a player, but, like, Two years ago, he like sleuth footed Taylor Hall, a, a couple of other players. I I hate that shit because you're aiming at someone's knee. If you tear your knee and you're a professional hockey player where skates are super important, like you're just kind of a shitty person in general. I'm never gonna like that guy. He can come out and donate like a hundred thousand dollars to whatever charity, and I would still be like, I fucking hate that guy. He's a shit person. Because at that point, you're trying to take, like, food out of the other player's mouth. Like, you're trying to end their career. I just think he's just a dirtbag. That's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Alrighty, getting off the topic of dirtbags for a while. A while. Let's talk about uh, Justin Zucker here. And what appears to be one of the most controversial trades on NHL.com. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Minnesota Wild traded <clears throat> Jason Zucker uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, for another another forward, defensive man, and even a, a first round pick in the 2020 draft. And I, I gotta I gotta say I I don't think they necessarily need it. No, no, that team is doing perfectly fine with whatever it is they're doing, uh, but it's building to that machine that's just not going to be stopped. We've seen it time and time again. Pittsburgh Penguins are like the fucking New England Patriots, the modern New England Patriots of of hockey. 
Well, I mean, they they are missing Gonsol and a few other key pieces and need some additional scoring. And with, for whatever reason, Malkin is on a pace to beat his best career year because apparently Russian machine never breaks. No Russian machine ever breaks. I don't under... like. There's conversation about who's the MVP and it's all around McDavid. And I'm like, how are I, you talking no. about McDavid when Malkin like carried that team... <laughs> Without Crosby, is on clip for his best year probably ever, and that team is easily one of the best, probably the second best team in the league. In the not honesty, even to mention but, uh, that, even not not just mentioning him, fucking Pasternak. Pasternak would be a far better candidate for MVP. I mean, it's just nuts this season. He's unstoppable. Yeah, it's 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 insane to me. Malkin to me is the number one MVP uh, this season hands down Pasternak also probably he's right up there in the conversation for sure he's been lights out um but it makes sense you gotta get the additional scoring because uh they have to beat the other Russian machine who never breaks headed into the playoffs at some point which is Ovechkin and that team is still lights out nah, uh, his only so, enemies left is the uh the all-time scoring leader taking <laughs> yeah, them down one at a time one at a time. He hasn't hit 700 yet, though. Unless he, it happened today, he's uh he's been there. held out ever since the fly, ever since the doubles pissed off the Flyers. <laughs> he hasn't been able to get any goals. Um, no, all jokes aside, though, uh, Ovechkin's obvi- Ovechkin's obviously great, and uh, we kind of talked about this before the show. I know it's not on the notes, but let's go ahead and hit it. There's rumors sitting out there that Kovalchuk could end up being uh, a capital especially with the moves the Penguins have been making. And I still think the Penguins are going to make one more move for a defensive player. Uh, those two teams are loading up. So I actually feel bad for whoever's in the West because I, I feel like this is the Eastern Conference Stanley Cup this year. Uh, but you guys' thoughts on uh, Kolvachuk possibly uh, reuniting with Ovi, Russian, Ovi, Ovi, Russian man. Olympic team. Kovi Ovi line is going to be fucking nuts. I mean, yeah, yeah, Dakota took it right out of my mouth uh, in a non-weird way. Um, Definitely, it's going to be, (laughs) took the nuts right out of my mouth there. It's going to be, it's going to be nuts to see those guys together. I think it's a high possibility because the contract is so low and Washington could easily move like a first or second round pick and it's not going to affect them directly because they're going for another cup. This is a full push, get Ovi another cup. So, like, if they lose some players or lose some prospects, it'll hurt them in the long run, but in the short-term run for their fan base, it'll be great. I just fucking... Are you kidding me? Like, Ovechkin and Kolbachuk on the same line on a power play? Like, Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be just, ridiculous. <laughs> like, I feel bad for whoever's in net, honestly. It's just... Because they're both such good snipers. Um, I, I could easily see that happening was the islanders and i just don't know where he fits honestly i yeah i don't either cold playing with the islanders he's gonna get booed in general just because of what happened with new jersey and he's already (laughs) kind of hated by islander fans uh yeah that'd just be a weird one that's the other one that was tossed out there well while we're on the talk of trade rumors uh let's go ahead and look at the coyotes who Actually, just uh, just quieted the Capitals last Saturday. Well, today or yesterday. Sorry, 
uh, 3-1. And now they're, uh, looks like Taylor Hall might not be going anybody, anywhere. Nah, they're going to get rid of Kessel. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I will make room for him in Philly. Kessel going to Philly is like, it would be so interesting because just the conversation between him and Claude Giroux. Exactly. Like we need, we need mic'd up every night for that. <laughs> for Can you imagine him and Scott Lawton getting together? Fucking Lawton looks like he's always stoned. So he, he, he'd just be hanging out with Kessel. They'd be eating all the stuff. So I think Arizona might trade Hall because they're in a weird situation where if they make the playoffs, I think it costs them more. Or if they or if they re-sign Hall, it costs them more prospect-wise. He's played well for them. Um, Better than he did for Jersey. Yeah, but he's not going to re-sign there. I don't know. He's he already might. said no. He's already said he wanted to play for, oh. for a Canadian team. I mean, he didn't re-sign with the Devils going into the season. He's not going to sign with Arizona, which is a low-market team. He he wants to go play for a Canadian team and. Um, <laughs> If you look at the ones that have open cap space, it's either Ottawa, Vancouver, or Calgary. Calgary will probably make some moves. I could see him easily in a Calgary jersey. I don't know if it happens at the tread, trade deadline, but it, it to me it seems like Arizona knows that uh, they're not good enough to really contend at this point. It, it seems like that a lot for them. Even if they sneak into the playoffs, unless Taylor Hall plays his ass off and they get some great uh, net minding, that's going to be a, a tough sledding. I mean, I, 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 I hate to see it, but I, I'd hate to see him go. I don't think he, like you said, he's not going to resign there and they're definitely not going to keep him. Um, I think they're going to use him until they don't want to use him anymore. Um, you know, Kreider, uh, New York Rangers, they're discussing uh, a new contract. I, I'd hate to see him leave. And oddly enough, uh, Jonathan Quick isn't very happy with uh, Jack Campbell, Kyle Clifford, when they got traded to the uh, Maple Leafs. He wasn't happy that they got traded. So he might be... Uh, Might be doing something there. Yeah, except for, like, he was a good goaltender three years ago, so no one gives a shit. I mean, <laughs> fair, fair. I have my own opinions about uh, about Mr. Quick, but mostly because of how he treated the, uh, the Rangers in, like, the 2014 push. <laughs> uh-huh. I also feel the same way of 2012. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, mean, I like, don't Quick, have an opinion. Quick was a good goaltender. Quick's a great goaltender, or was a great goaltender. I think he's kind of lost a little bit of a step, but he's played behind uh, some bad defenses the past couple of years. And uh, that team is full rebuild at this point. That's why you're seeing like Muzzin and Clifford, these cats leaving. And the veterans are all leaving. And uh, man, I don't understand how a coach cannot make Kolbachuk play well because he went to Montreal and he was fine. So if you look at it from that standpoint, it's like, how could he just not get along with them at all? Like, what the fuck was happening there? I mean, I know Kovalchuk is not the same Kovalchuk 
as he was in the 2012 season, Stanley Cup season with the Devils. But at the same time, he's an Olympic hockey player. He's still really good. He's proving it by playing with Montreal the way he has. Uh, um, yeah, the Kings are a fucking... They're a clusterfuck. Um, even more so than the Devils. We don't even have real GMs or coaches, but that, that doesn't stop us from... Uh, uh, at least being in conversations against big teams, or at least being in games against big teams. I would say this uh, easily. Hall, I think, is going to Calgary. I think that he, you know, while he is a great player, he's kind of overpaid for his position because he's just a winger. So I'm curious to, if it doesn't happen before the trade deadline and he really tries to write out what that contract's going to look like. And he's looking for like dry sidle money on kind of a down year or line watch money. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't think he's had that great of a year. And I, I don't know what the interest in is in him. I mean, if, if I'm him, I would take a pay cut and go play with Nathan McKinnon in those cats, honestly, because Avalanche looks like a team that is a force to be reckoned with, especially in the future. Kel McCart gets better every day. Uh, the goaltending solid. Nathan McKinnon uh, somehow became a better player over the last three years from when Patrick Wall was their coach. Jeez. Uh, like, there's a lot of places for Taylor Hall. I, I just... I. They're going to trade him. We'll see what happens right before the playoffs um, and what team grabs him up. But he is definitely a rental. He's not signing anywhere. And, and unless they win a Stanley Cup with whatever team he goes to, he's he's not signing anywhere. All righty. Let's, let's, uh, let me tug on the reins here. Bring it back. You know, we're getting towards the end of our show. Uh, Shea Weber, captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh was originally he was going to be out for quite a while uh, with the injury to his foot, but now he's looking at four to six weeks. Um, could that be bad for the Canadians as a whole? Absolutely, but uh, it's definitely not as bad as what was initially predicted. What about you guys? What do you what do you feel on that? I think it'll be great for uh, for Shea Weber to get back there. I think Montreal he is a key piece of that Montreal team. Um, so anytime it's uh, anytime a player gets injured when it's you know less less bad than it was originally predicted to be is a good thing. So good on him. That's definitely going to be good with the playoffs coming up because uh, I mean they have the pieces. So yeah, I mean the Canadians obviously aren't out of it, but it's a little bit of a chase. Shea Weber, the original, what was it, six weeks originally? Yeah. Um, so him coming back sooner is good for that team. I love Shea Weber. I think he's a great player. I was very surprised that Montreal or Montreal and, and Nashville got together on that trade for Subban for Weber. Because to me, like Weber will always be a predator, a, a Nashville predator. Um, great player. Glad that he's going to get back quicker. I still don't think Canadians make the playoffs, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. At least Weber is not as hurt as we thought he was, I guess. 
All right. I'm keeping it in Canada. Let's head over to Vancouver, where the Twins are having... <laughs> yeah, you like Sorry, that? I just looked at my fucking notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, did we skip something? I kind of I gotta turn that off. No, no, no. It's just what I titled this one. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, uh, the the twins are getting their numbers retired. Uh, Daniel and Henrik each, you know, 17 seasons with Vancouver. Uh, picked back in 1999, Daniel being the number two, and Henrik was the pick right after that. The uh, the Vancouver Canucks decided they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and retire the numbers 22 and 33. And as much as I'm not a fan of these players for my own reasons. Uh, for being soft. For being <laughs> the softest players in the league ever of all time. <laughs> that I have no argument against that. Absolutely. They are quite, uh, quite weak in terms of anything physical when it comes to hockey. But uh, you know they they have been good for Vancouver in a sense that you know they really they really gave the team some pushes when they really needed it. Um, maybe not as far as they wanted to, but overall, you know they were they were great in Vancouver. And uh, you know I much respect to them. Have their numbers retired? That's that's pretty impressive. What about you guys? How do you, what do you feel about this? I'm indifferent, honestly. They are very soft players, but. Uh... I guess if they mean something to the city, it's good to have their numbers retired. I don't understand how being a Vancouver fan and watching it in the playoffs in 2011 when they lost to Boston would make me want to see their jerseys retired. I just don't get it. Look, they scored a lot. They had a lot of points. They're good players, but they're fucking soft. Boston rolled all over them, and that's my memory and probably a lot of Vancouver fans' memories as well, since they burnt that city basically to the ground after they <laughs> lost that Stanley Cup. Um, look, I'm not a huge fan of the Seedens. I guess they're good players. I throw them in that list of Stamkos, where it's like they're not team players. The twin thing always bothered me. Not a Seeden fan, not a Stamkos fan. I That style of hockey, there, there's zero grit to it. It's, it's fine to be good. And you could point out someone like Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, but at the end of the day, they at least play defense, and the, and the Seedens, to me, never really were that. Or Stamkos, for instance, was never that. Uh, just very soft offensive players. Not a huge fan. Good for the fans. If you love Seedens, you're a huge Vancouver fan, great moment. I thought the celebration itself was really good. I like the... That seeing two jerseys rise at the same time for twins is kind of something you'll probably never see again. Um, but as I titled this in the article, no one gives a shit about the Seaton sisters. So there's that. All right. And that is going to take it to everyone's favorite part of the show. With the... Uh, Hall of fucking awesome. So I'm not sure which one of you guys this is going to. So I'll throw it in the air. Whoever catches it, you know, you take it. I'm catching this one because I feel like this player has been looked over for a number of years, mostly because he played next to the great one, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wayne Gretzky. Paul Coffey. I feel like he has to be here, right? Yeah, fuck games- yeah, he does. 
James Norris Memorial Trophy from 84, 85, 86, 94, and 95 after Gretzky left. Multiple-time All-Star, four-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, Canadian Cup champion, just a great fucking player. Good all around. I think that he helped hone Gretzky into what Gretzky was. If you're looking at like points, career points, um, absolutely absurd as well. 1,531 points. Just a great player. And not only a great player, one of those kind of players from like 81 to 87, or let's say 81 to 86, he played every fucking game 80 80 80 80 79 like just ridiculous player overall good guy and uh, i don't know if gretzky would have been as great without paul coffee and i feel like he gets slept on and, and people look over it and uh he is the fastest defenseman in nhl history to score 1000 points which i don't think will ever be broken uh, he's a, most 40 goal seasons by a defenseman, most 50 assist seasons by a defenseman, most 60 assist seasons by a defenseman, most 70 assist seasons by a defenseman. Uh, and he shares that particular record with Bobby Orr. So that puts him in perspective of how good of a fucking player Paul Coffey was. It, it, easily nominated for a Hall of Fucking Awesome. Completely agree with you on that. Did he play for the Flyers for a brief time, or am I thinking of that wrong? Because I think in the NHL 20 game, if you go onto the uh, Flyers alumni game, or pick the Flyers alumni, I think he's on there, but I can't remember what time he would have played for the Flyers. So funny enough, he played for the Kings for a little bit when Gratz, Gratz was there, and then yeah. played for the Wings during those runs uh, when they got the rush five. So you're talking yeah. 93 to 96 or whatever. And uh, he he played for your boys, the Hartford Whalers. Damn right, final season. <laughs> <laughs> and then traded to the Flyers, uh, same season. Um, yeah, he played for the Flyers for two years, so I that, that kind of sums it up. But, uh, anyone got any other thoughts about coffee? I guess completely well deserving of the hall of fucking awesome i absolutely agree with you fuck he's on all four of those guys alumni teams in nhl 20 so that's uh that tells you something right there he's a he's a hell of a player and well deserving of it oh yeah once a whaler always a whaler <laughs> definitely walk right in sir i'll hold the door for you <laughs> all right so our inductee to the hall of fucking awesome this week is paul coffee great player great person played for a lot of fucking teams but the one that we know of is the edmonton oilers and their sick ass run to four cups um and him easily being one of the best defense players during that time period congratulations paul coffee for reaching the hall of fucking awesome yes we all know the hall of fucking awesome is way more important than the hall of fame itself i mean it kind of is because the hall of fame itself doesn't have Patrick Elias in it, so it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I, we have to overlook him at least once. <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's around that time. We're going to go ahead and close the door to the Hall of Fucking Awesome. No one's allowed in for the rest of the night. Except for Phil Kessel. Yeah, he can. Uh, well, wait a minute. He's the janitor. All right. <laughs> Scott, Stevens, Scott Stevens is guarding the door. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't try. Don't try to get in. I mean, I didn't. I didn't cook any hot dogs, so I don't know if Castle's getting paid tonight. <laughs> don't worry, I got it. All right, all right. All right. Yeah. righty. With that door closed, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go ahead and put a close on this podcast here. Uh, it was my first time hosting, and I feel like I did a knock-up job. Uh, obviously, not as good as Paul Coffee played hockey, but hey, you know what? We we start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know. For Keaton Costello, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, shit. I just said my last name on the podcast. That's a first. Uh, that's well, your, last name is, your last name sounds like so fancy, like you're selling leather purses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on down to Keegan Costello's Leather Purse Emporium. You got the best deals on all your leather purse needs. Uh, I like, I like the end of the show. He... At the beginning of the show, he was talking about how he's not going to use a smooth radio voice. The end of the show, he's like, yeah, come on down. It's it's Keegan Costello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Come on down to Costello's (laughs) fine leather imports. (laughs) No, that's going to do it for me. As you know, you can catch me on Xbox. Lolo space Keegan. L-O-L-O space K-E-E-G-A-N. And you can find me on the bird, Lolo underscore Keegan. And most recently on Instagram by the same moniker. So that's going to do it for me. I'll toss it over to Mr. Dakota. Yeah, you can uh, go ahead and find me at LaShock Dakota on Twitter. It's the only place I really hang out other than Reddit. Um, Hey, you know, you guys have a spectacular week. Uh, drawing ever closer to the playoffs, and uh, you know it's starting. Things are starting to get exciting, so we're uh, definitely going to be doing that. And I will see you guys next week. Well, I mean, I guess I'm next. Shit, yeah, snuck up on. Oh, it. yeah, uh, hi, hi, welcome, <laughs> uh, welcome, Chris Patton, back to the yeah. podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you check out the website, geekvibesnation.com, for all your source to geek news and movies and uh, wrestling and hockey and basketball. Like, actually, there's some really good podcasts out there. It's it's mostly just normal guys like us talking about things we like, things we dislike, et cetera. <laughs> so if you're into that, definitely check it out. Hit us up at, at uh, Chris R. Patton on Twitter, and you can hit me on Facebook at, at christopher.r.patton on facebook uh instagram generally post there but if you want to i'm also there it's the same as the twitter handle love you guys it's been a great fucking show man paul coffee we could talk about uh skates to chest yeah almost there just Just uh, six more inches (laughs) we would have had like the best episode ever cassian versus everyone uh final thoughts before we leave Dakota and Keegan. Nah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all good, bud. This is, this has been a kick-ass episode. Again, coffee, well deserving of it. Um, Igor, continue to keep holding it down for other Igors. We know how important that is. Uh, <laughs> awareness is the first step to, to recovery. So, you know, you guys, you guys will get out there again. There'll be a president Igor soon enough. Gentlemen, all I can say to you guys is live fast, take chances. And don't drink before hockey. <laughs> Probably words, wise words to whiz, uh, live by. And the immortal words of one famous hockey announcer, Henry, it's over. Peace out. Let the geek vibes be with you. <laughs>